Hi, welcome to the Holding Hands and Throwing Fist podcast. I got the mic. And I have the opinions. Welcome to season eight, episode seven, everybody. Today's going to be a good one. Did we decide how long season eight is? Oh, yeah, we did. No, we said we were still playing it by ear because we're willy-nilly. We're really extending our artistic expression this season. Well, no, I think we kept that information off air. Uh, Okay, sure. Um, this is a special episode because this is the time of the year that we started the podcast three years ago. And here we are. Negative 15 followers. <laughs> Thankful for each and every one. That's it. I'm going to get started. Yeah. Cool. So, yo, it's George Week, and I'm excited as hell for this episode. First of all, we bought tickets to the PFL championships, so we're ready. So ready. Oh, my gosh. I totally forgot. Okay, so I got to get that story in soon, too, then. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Today, I want to talk to you about the strawweight title, which is being fought for this Saturday at MSG between Wiley Zhang and Carla Esparza. Pay attention because the names are going to keep coming up. So let me tell you about strawweight. Strawweight is the lightest of all weight classes in the UFC, though not in all of MMA. That distinction goes to atom weight, which is 105 pounds, but I digress. (laughs) Strawweight is 115 pounds and is home to some of the most... uh, some of our most favorite and adored fighters because all of these strong ass incredible women that you're going to hear about the belt has changed hands quite a bit over the past few years so let's start from the beginning are you with me babe? i'm with you <laughs> it all started with the first strawweight champion who is she babe carla cookie monster esparza okay i asked you this question the other day uh and you were right and i was wrong um, so yeah, the very first strawweight champion was crowned on December 12, 2014, which feels like it should be longer, but it's not. It's well, that's crazy. why it's the same with, that's why I did the women in yeah, with MMA or specifically UFC story. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been that long. So Carla Esparza defeated Rose Namajunas at the Ultimate Fighter finale. So we're at Carla and Rose so far. Carla was champion for 92 days before she fought Joanna Janjacek, who became one of the most tenured champions in UFC history with 966 days as champion. Wow. Rose then comes back and beats Joanna twice to win and defend her title, which we saw both of those fights live. Rose looked unstoppable until Jessica Andrade, number three, picked her up and dropped her on her fucking neck, ending the fight and taking the championship from her. Jessica then gets TKO'd by Zhang Wiley, four, who then gets knocked out from a head kick from Rose. (laughs) Who then gets beat again by split decision <laughs> by the one who started it all, Carla. Now Carla is going to fight Zhang Wiley, who just retired Joanna champion via spinning elbow. So the thing that stands out here are the fights. There may be a few fights to complain about in strawweight history, but there are so many more that are wonderful. Carla versus Rose is great for the nostalgia alone. Joanna versus Carla is one of the most violent, bloody beatdowns in all of MMA, and that was the first time I had seen 115 115 pound fighters fight like that. 
Rose beating Joanna in MSG via knockout, and then again via incredibly strategic back and forth masterclass in Barclays Center later that year, is some of the most high level and dramatic stuff you can imagine. And honestly, I'm exhausted writing <laughs> all these notes because there's still the finishing power of Andrade that we have to talk about, the ultimate war between Wiley defending her belt against Joanna, and there's just so much to talk about. A lot of people complain about Carlos' split decision win over Rose being boring, but how could it not be for once when there are so many fights in this division's title history that are at the highest level and like true art in mixed martial arts, man? That's awesome. Dare I ask then, based on this story, who you're leaning towards winning? I mean, I like Carla. I'm a fan of Carla, but like I'm a, I'm a big like I really like Wiley Zhang. I really really like her a lot, and she's so technical and she freaking hits hard as hell. I I I, I think she's gonna take it. All right. Do you mind if I get to my story? <laughs> Do it. Okay. I. Oof. I really wanted to discuss this fighter for a while, so I'm really excited. Because I'm excited about it, I already spoke George's ear off the other night because I was telling him about the notes I was doing. Mm -hmm. And so this is a little bit long. I apologize in advance. I am not normally a long-winded person. So we're going to switch roles here. So I'm going to be the one. So you decided to make it longer by prefacing it. Yes. Get into it because this guy is awesome. (laughs) This guy is awesome and he deserves it. Thanks, babe. That's exactly what I would tell you. (laughs) All right. So while... You would be meaner about it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Carry on. (laughs) While the fighter I want to discuss isn't on this Saturday's card in New York City at MSG. He still belongs because he's a fighter actually from New York, specifically Queens. That's right. Queens is in the building. And George and I actually believe we could get him on holding hands if we really tried. Absolutely. So to keep this episode New York based, let me tell you about Jared Flash Gordon. You've heard us speak about him before and may even remember we told you he had a crazy story, but now's the time I can give you the real deep dive. I heard him recently speak on Ariel, which is what really prompted this, but then I went back and listened to an old interview from four years ago twice to really give you the nitty-gritty details of Jared Gordon's past. Yeah, like this is the most work I've spent And time that I've spent. Time to reap the rewards, babe. Yeah. So um, I'll start with noting that Jared will be seven years sober on December 27th. Hooray for him. Amazing. I think it's important to go into this story knowing that it has a happy ending. Yeah. (laughs) So Jared Gordon started smoking weed and drinking when he was nine years old. And he was raised in Roslyn, Long Island, not Queens. He was also doing what he called criminal-like things and partying. When he was 12 on Father's Day in 2001, the family business went up in flames. And I can't get into the crazy details on that. But if you Google Father's Day Fire 2001, you can get the story of that. However, I have to mention it because it's what caused their family to move back to Astoria. Queens in the house again. Mm Mm-hmm. After this event and move, Jared admits to being a bad kid and rebelling, causing like suspensions and things like that at school. But also he was still using drugs and drinking, especially with the influence of his older brother then. Um, And that was all going on for about eight-ish years. 
side note, because I mentioned his brother, his brother is now 11 years clean. Oh, that's happy. Yeah. So years later, we're now in like 2010-ish. Um, after graduating high school, he decided instead of going going to college, he wanted to pursue MMA. And because the UFC was blowing up and he was inspired watching people like Frankie Edgar. Hey. Ooh, ooh, shout out to my shout out from last week. Jared decided to start training at a place in Astoria on Steinway Street and he had his first amateur fight four months later. Then he had his second fight and he also won but in that second fight he injured his neck and that's when he was not just smoking weed and doing other drugs. He became addicted to painkillers specifically Percocet, Vicodin and then he had um, access from his I'm going to say quote unquote friends um, to Oxy. So Jared's parents sent him to rehab then. He was 21 years old. However, Jared admits he had no intention of getting clean. The rehab was in Florida, which um, where he was going to relocate anyway to start training at Black Zillions. So while he was at rehab, instead of fucking getting help, he ended up meeting the people who would then hook him up with drugs when he got out of rehab. Um, so once Jared got out of rehab and started training at Black Zillions in Florida, he met these Florida drug dealers. And that's when they introduced him to sh- needles um, and shooting drugs oh, instead of shit. just taking the pills. Yeah. What the fuck? Uh, at one point, he was at the gym with. Don't, don't say it. <laughs> I can't say it. No, we're, we're deleting that. Why? <laughs> All right, say it. <laughs> with our hoe, Michael Johnson. If you know, you know. Yeah. Um, and detectives came in to arrest Jared for a home invasion, robbery, and assault. God damn, bro. So, like, he was saying the story, and this is more meaningful, obviously, to people like George who train, but he's like, and they were walking with their shoes on the mats to come get me. Like, that was the most oh, mortifying, shit. you know, part to him. And at that time, Henry Hooft, Anthony Johnson, and other famous fighters and coaches were there. Um, from that incident, Jared was in jail for three weeks, but was eventually let go because the guy's house he was accused of breaking into. He was a drug dealer and a two-time convicted felon who had a warrant for his arrest. So he never turned up in court to testify against Jared. Mm. Thankfully, um, he didn't because Jared would have been sentenced for up to 25 years, which means he could potentially still have been in jail now instead of in the UFC. Holy shit. Side note, Jared was arrested eight times before this incident and the other arrests were in New York for drug-related crimes, but he was always let go. All right. Uh, oh my gosh, I still have so much more left. I'm sorry, guys. I hope you're enjoying this story because I I, I enjoyed hearing it. It's going it. to get to a happy ending. Yeah. It was this event that finally opened Jared's eyes to how bad his addiction was getting, how it was going to ruin his MMA career and reputation, a la detectives coming in and walking on gym mats. However, um, the day he got out of rehab because he decided to go, he was so dope sick that he immediately went to go get high and he overdosed for the first time with bad heroin um, at this point that he was shooting. 
thankfully before his friend abandoned him that friend called the ambulance which is where jared was when he woke up with the inability to feel the right side of his body the ambulance took him to the hospital but he just ripped out the iv and left the hospital and he admits that his life sadly went on like this for years he was still doing drugs he was still shooting up he was still knowing he shouldn't be doing this at this point his parents wouldn't let him come home unless he actually wanted help to get clean he was homeless he was living in shelters he was panhandling and all of um, this was going on between both New York and Florida and Jared said he got through winters by going to hospitals and saying he was going to kill himself because then they have to admit you and bring you to the psych ward god damn Flash Gordon so Finally, um, after years of that going on, Jordan, Jordan, (laughs) I put it together, Jared Gordon, (laughs) Gordon went away to long-term treatment for six months and he stayed clean for a year and two months. But then he needed shoulder surgery after his sixth pro fight and win. Now we're in 2013. This caused him to relapse because of the drugs he was given but then he got clean for another year and a half this whole time fighting and keeping his record go undefeated so now he's nine and oh not in the ufc yet but in his mma career and then jared had his first mma loss in 2015 so we're only talking seven years ago like this is not that long ago and the fight ended with his face being pretty much broken so he needed a plate put in his face during the week that he was in the hospital for this surgery, he was being IV'd opiates to help with the pain. And even after telling the doctors about his addiction, it was it was just the medicine that he needed in order for his muscles to relax enough, which is what causes the healing. So there was no choice. This surgery and the IV caused Jared to relapse again. And when he was out of the hospital, he went back to heroin and coke for... Um, about six months and he said that throughout like this almost 20 years this six month time period was actually the worst because of all the mental anguish he was going through so on December 26th 2015 um, Jared Gordon had his third and final overdose at a motel across the street from the Queen's Bridge projects and after shooting up for five days he thinks he must have shot up and fell like breaking through a table and breaking a lamp and that noise caused whoever was next door to call the cops um whoever that person was definitely saved Jared Gordon's life the cops came brought him to the hospital and he stayed in the hospital for two days he checked himself out and he took a cab back home to his parents um jared said that was when he finally realized this was not the life he wanted seeing his parents face when he came home that time for whatever reason finally hit him that he had enough and wanted to go to rehab slash detox so after his 10th stint in rehab um it it really did finally hit him He, he was either going to keep using and die or go to jail or he was going to keep his mma career going strong Um, He said he realized that the reason maybe he wouldn't stay sober before was because he was simply white knuckling it 
to keep his career instead of having a sistema. Ha ha. So now he goes to AA, he reads personal development books, he seems to be a little religious, and he relies on the support of friends and family. Um, Jared Gordon got signed by the UFC less than two years later in 2017 and has never looked back. Almost 20 years of addiction and going to rehab. Um, Jared Gordon got sober. He has officially been sober, like I said, for seven years. Hooray. Jared, we support you and cannot wait to watch you fight at UFC 282 against, against Patty Pimblett. You better believe there will be a why we want both guys to win segment before that card in December. Babe, great job. Um, you're a big fan of Jared Gordon and you have been for a long time and you've been wanting to do this. So I'm glad you did it. You're super passionate um, and, I, and I enjoy it. I hope we could get him on the podcast. I think uh, I, like I've seen him on the mats a, a bunch. And, yes. Uh, Mike. I know Mike is close friends with him. I think Mike coached him actually. He did. Uh, and he mentions that too. But I was like, I got to I got to talk talked about talking. Mike. He did a little bit. Oh, no shit. Awesome. Yeah. And I know he's, he's as one of the coaches ah. during when he was finally getting sober and like focusing on MMA. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, and I know he's tight with, with Stephen Williams too. Um, so that's cool. The guy follows Steve, Steven strangles people. And of course the happy pill project, everybody. Um, I hope he still comes on the podcast, even though we aired out all this shit, <laughs> but, no, no, <laughs> but he's he, open yeah, with it. Yeah. That's cool. Um, Let's go. We got the Holding Hands and Throwing Fist Classic Rundown for UFC 281. Woo! Also, I do want to do a quick shout out. I'm going to reverse. I'm going to go in back order. But uh, you basically just made it seem like Billy Alexander's favorite podcast, that crime and sports. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Billy, that was for you. That yeah. was the thank you for Maggie's cake. <laughs> so we got MMA boo-boos. Uh, not current ones, but we got fighters that are going to be uh, fighting this Saturday that are involved in classic MMA boo-boos. So Wiley Zhang, who's fighting for the strawweight belt that we were talking about, she fought uh, Joanna Yunjacek, and Joanna Yunjacek had one of the worst hematomas on her head in UFC history. So check out that MMA boo-boo. We should put it up on Instagram. God damn, I think we're just going to... Andreas, can you just take over the Instagram? Um, of course. No, we're Paul. Okay. We're Sal. All of the above. Anyone just do it. <laughs> and then I don't know why the hell I wrote this so late at night the other day. Why? Oh, oh, Dustin's fighting. I keep forgetting. I oh my know. god. Yes, Dustin's fighting Michael Chandler. So go back to the classic MMA boo boo of Dustin breaking Connor Shin, which is really fucking gnarly. And all right, uh -oh. I can't remember. Is this one of our classics now? We like you. Or did you just throw this in this week? I think I think it's uh it's like it, it, I think it's I threw it in. I think okay, I threw it in. I like this. But it's a classic holding hands and throwing fists uh aesthetic. Yes, it <laughs> totally is. So no reasoning at we all. We like you. These fighters are on this week's card. When you're watching, cheer for them. Mike Steamroll Matt Steamroller <laughs> Frivola, sorry. Um we, we like, like you. you. Carolina, we, we like, like you. you. Molly McCann, we, we like, like you. Dominic Reyes, hey, we, we like, like you. you. Frankie Edgar, we, we like love you. you. I know. <laughs> and Weili Zhang, we, we like, like you. you. So many people on this week's card. Oh my God. Onward. So in future, we got to do like best walkout song, like whatever, like that happened over the weekend, but we already know what's going to happen this Saturday. Matt Steamroller Favrola from Long Island is going to come out to that uh, trumpet song for the Mets relief pitcher, Edwin Diaz. 
I'm so hyped New right York! now. New York! Let's go. All right. MMA fashion this week. George said this classics rundown was going to be about all the fighters on UFC 281. So quick MMA fashion would be anything Israel Adesanya wears. Mm-hmm. But our real shout out this week goes to Andreas for his amazing singlet that he wore while running the New York City Marathon on the hottest November 6th that could ever be. Yes, it was warmer than June 18th. Mm-hmm. Andreas wore a singlet that was a muted green on the front, but had a colorful abstract print on the back, and it came from the Berlin Marathon collection. Andreas paired this sick singlet with the shortest black shorts that are officially allowed by marathon officials. JK, there aren't rules. <laughs> but if there were, the length of Andreas's shorts would have broken the length rules. I just, I want to sign up to be that referee. <laughs> <laughs> Let me measure that. Let me take out my there. measuring tape. <laughs> Congratulations on another 26.2 miles, Andreas. Just right. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. <laughs> MMA beef. Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pajera. It's kind of weird because Pajera's like trying to get in his head, but he doesn't speak English. And they have like this like tension from the first two kickboxing fights that Alex Pajera beat Stylebender twice, right? First fight was decision. Second fight, Stylebender was winning. Uh, we think winning the fight. I we recently rewatched it, and then got knocked out. So like, there's like this weird MMA beef. Normally, MMA beef is just straight clashing, mm. but here it's very, very subtle and underneath the surface. And it's it's a fucking good one. I can't I can't wait. I'm so excited for that. Fight. It is, babe. Woo! We got a good guy alert, everyone. Aljamain Sterling recently made an Instagram post and it was a photo of an old crumpled ass piece of paper that had the heading 2019 goals. So Aljo, the current bantamweight champ from Long Island, posted this piece of paper and I won't read all of them, but some of the things on his list included develop boxing timing for offense and defense. Another 2019 goal was to earn and win a number one contender fight. So 2019, he ended up with that number one contender fight in 2020, and he ended up winning the belt in 2021. So nice way to hit your goal, Aljo. He also um, posted that his goal was to become a BJJ black belt, meant to look up whether or not he achieved Yeah, he's that. a black belt. Okay. He also put, he wanted to extend his physical education teaching certification and to also consider other long-term career choices. Fucking love that shit. The cutest thing on his goal list was, um, and I quote, to help Ma with paying for a place to live. Oh my God. And his list ended with like some mantras like stay focused, ask for help, have work ethic, teamwork, and last but not least in the biggest writing, self-conviction. Hell yeah. I love that shit, Aljo. Fucking super fans. We're getting Jared Gordon on the podcast. And also, since we're talking, Jared, in case you're listening to this before you get on the podcast in the future, the real thing I want to talk to you about, besides, you know, maybe a little bit of training, is like, I want to know where's the best place that you think you get your pizza from in Queens? We got to have these conversations and stuff like that. We got to have the serious conversations. Also, just saying again, 
that we freaking love Aljo. Uh, Mike has been on the podcast circuit. We'll talk a little bit about it next week, talking about the happy pill and all this stuff. And Mike keeps talking about how Matt Sarah, so hard for Jim to get one champion. Mm. Matt Sarah's gym had, he was champion. Freaking Chris Weidman was champion and Aljo's champion now. And like, yo, fucking kudos to them. Hell yeah. So amazing. Why we want both to win or we want both to win. That's the next uh, thing in the classics rundown. I'm going to pick, man, I, oh my gosh. I fucking love Stylebender, but I want Israel Adesanya and Alex Pajara to both to win, to both look good and to have oh my it just gosh. Be really amazing. I don't know. But now, then I think I actually missed the ball because now I saw that you found the better why we want, or we want both to win. This is so tricky because this card is um, incredible. It's really, really great from early prelims to main event. We want both to win, I think, in this one. Dustin the Diamond Poirier versus Michael Chandler. Are Arriba. we serious? Are we serious? Like, how do you, did you, can you pick? It's like, I mean, it's, it's just like Justin versus Michael Chandler last year at MSG. And what did we pick? Time. I think I picked Michael. I think we said we want both to win. Ah, <laughs> but you, oh we my God. <laughs> we could find the notes. All right. Last but not least on this classics rundown. You know who kind of looks like my brother? Who? Alex Pajara. I see it. Yeah. The body specifically. Mm-hmm. Incredible. <laughs> you mean the body that missed weight? <laughs> Billy, I didn't mean to burn you. Oh, shit. This episode Wait, is- he missed weight? I, I don't know officially, but he. Uh, that's- that's uh, the, the Oh my tension. gosh. I am you. I'm, I'm, why am I dragging this episode on? End it. Sorry. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> no, now we're gonna now we're gonna pause oh, and we're no! gonna see. Come on, fill it up, babe. Breaking. This is Ariel Hawani, but maybe yeah, this is fake. This is what happens when Elon Musk takes over Twitter. Fake Ariel Hawani wrote breaking. Conor McGregor will headline UFC 290 <laughs> against former lightweight champion Charles Dubronx Oliveira next June in Las Vegas. Oh my god. Well, you were telling me to fill the space, but you you can't. He made weight. Okay, cool. This episode was brought to you by everyone who showed me love for George Week. You all bring me so much joy, and I love you right back. 